0: Hello, this is Dr. Dan Guerra coming to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios in the the Pacific Northwest of the beautiful USA. Today is the 16th of November. That makes it my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Carolyn. Uh, and it's also 2020. So it's 11-16-2020. So let's get started. Again, this is Authentic Biochemistry. Your host is Dr. Dan Guerra, and I'm doing this podcast, always, because I have nothing better to do. Today I'm going to try to give you an immunological um, deep dive on aging. So we're going to talk a lot more about the immune response today, and although we've been talking about it pretty regularly. This is going to be almost uniformly about that. Now, I want to make you go back in time a little bit, remember from this paper that we've talked about, published an experiment in experiment on molecular medicine, uh, volume 51 in 2019. I told you that naive CD4 positive T cells play a key role, of course, in the adaptive immune response. That naive CD4 positive T cells will differentiate in th one 2, 17. Those are all effector cells. The H used to stand for helper. But they also can differentiate into Tregs, T regulatory cells. And it has everything to do with the uh, activation of the T cell receptor, which is the result of recombination and uh, a constellation of cytokines, which help the, the uh, T cell receptor respond in such a way to induce this differentiation. And we've talked a lot about that. Now, every CD4 positive T cell subset expresses, of course, again, lineage dependent, lineage determining transcription factors. And that basically then activates a lineage specific gene repertoire at the RNA level and then the protein level. T BAT was a lineage determining transcription factor for TH1 cells. Remember what they do, they, get, they clear intracellular pathogens and facilitate transcription of, it, of the interferon gamma gene, which is associated with antiviral activity. Lineage determining factor for TH2 cells produced interleukin 4, interleukin 5, and 13. And they, of course, do a direct immune response to helminths. transcription factor there is GATA GAT-3. Th, TH17 cells, some of my favorite T helper cells, because they have the ROR gamma T as the transcription factor, the lineage determining transcription factor. And of course, TH17 cells produce interleukin 17A, interleukin 17F, interleukin 17B, and interleukin, oh, this is the outsider here, 22. And what they do is they provide removal of extracellular bacteria and fungi. Th17 cells are also key factors in autoimmune diseases uh, because they're directly linked with they're overactive uh, in multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, and in lupus. Uh, so there are at least three subsets of effector T cells. We just told you about them. All of them are pro-inflammatory. In contrast to that, remember, you have the Tregs. They inhibit the differentiation and proliferation of effector T cells. They do that in part by interacting with cell surface um, activating molecules and receptors. And so they negatively regulate immune-mediated inflammation when they're working as a regulatory cell. They control autoimmune diseases. They control allergy. Therefore, the T-reg cells are crucial for an immune homeostasis because they need to be there. Yet, um, too much T-regulatory activity can also lead to immunosenescence. That's what we said was involved in aging. Now, here's something new. paper published in Pharmacological Research, Volume 143, in May of 2019, page 151 and ongoing, talks about something that um, relates to a a flora discussion we've been having for all of fall, and that is anti-aging basically results in amp kinase and sirtuin activity, autophagy, oxidative stress, and a decrease in senescence and aging. So you get a decrease in the amp kinase and in sirtuins, sirtuins are deacetylases. You get a decrease in autophagy because that's basically a rearrangement and at older stage cells, it's not good because of mutations, a rearrangement of the molecular architecture of the cell and the enzymes and pathways. Um, Oxidative stress, of course, is increased when you're aging because all that's linked then to senescence. Now, there's a, pathway i'm going to introduce right now i've talked about it in the past way back when it's called the hippo pathway yeah like hippopotamus um it has a great history of why it's called that it goes back to drosophila and thomas hunt morgan's lab at caltech which i own some inheritance from because remember that uh, thomas hunt morgan's lab uh, moved from new york to california opened up caltech one of his primary graduate students of course was james bonner James Bonner was the professor, lead professor, uh, and chair of the uh, graduate committee of one of his best students, who happened to be Frank B. Salisbury. Frank B. Salisbury was my PhD advisor. So there you go. All right, so Hippo Pathway, coming directly from uh, our good friend, Thomas Morgan and, and uh, Drosophila. So, there's a, there's a transcription factor system there called the YAP-TAS. Sorry for all these weird little acronyms, but that is the result of letting geneticists name things. So when you get a decrease in nuclear-associated transcription factors, YAP and TAS, you get an anti-aging system. And what that is linked up with is decreasing amkionase and sirtuin, decreasing autophagy, decreasing oxidative stress, and decreasing, then ultimately SASP, the senescence-associated secretory pathway, and the aging process itself. Full sensor strict to in humans. Now, um, what happens during aging is you get an increase in cancer initiation, cancer promotion, cancer progression, and of course proliferation of that as metastasis. That is associated with an increase in the Hippo pathway nuclear transcription factors Yap and Okay. Now, you know why why I wanted to talk about it. Aging, transcription factors. All right, now, paper published in Trends in Cancer, May of 2019. This is volume five, and I'll give you the full citation in the the notes. So the HIPPO pathway is a highly conserved signaling pathway, as you might guess. You find it in vertebrates, and you find it, of course, as I said, in Drosophila. That's what was first found. Key target genes regulate all kinds of biological processes. As you might guess, cell proliferation, survival, differentiation, cellular fate—be it apoptosis or autophagy, for example—the size of the organs in the body—that's really interesting—and because of that, tissue homeostasis. Now, core of the pathway there are a couple of serine/threonine kinases, SDs, uh, STKs, uh, and uh, so there's one of them called the MST one and MST two. Okay, so Mist one, Mist two. And there's also a protein called the large tumor suppressor, or LATS1-2. Okay, those are the two that are of, of, of significance. Now, the MAP4 kinase and the Tao K kinase is also directly phosphorylate the LATS1-2, so they kind of act in parallel to the M- to the MIST1 and 2, because MIST1 and 2 actually phosphorylate because they're kinases. I just told you, the uh, the LATS. This is all HIPPO. So all these kinases along with a lot of adapter proteins, I love these names, Salvador homolog one or SAV one and the MOB kinase activator, AB, of course, MOB, I guess we don't need to get into that because, you know, so what if I'm from Chicago? Anyways, those phosphorylate and inhibit downstream effector proteins, uh, you're gonna like these two. Yes, associated protein or YAP1, mentioned it already. And a paralog transcriptional coactivator called PDZ binding motif, and it's given a short name, thank you, of TAS. It's also known, unfortunately, as WWTR1. We won't go into that earlier nomenclature. And what that protein does, it it sequesters all of those kinases in the cytoplasm, and and it does so by binding those to uh, excuse me, the transcription factors, keeps them in the cytoplasm after phosphorylation and allows them to bind to the 14 proteins, which we've talked about in the past. So there's also a couple more to talk about. Tumor suppressor neurofibromin 2, or NF2, also has a really cool name, again from Thomas Hunt Morgan's lab, it's called Merlin, the Merlin protein, and that participates upstream of all those kinases and it inhibits YAP and TAS activity by promoting the activation, uh, thus uh, altering the activation of the pathway. The, the HIPPO pathway you see. Now, additional phosphorylation of YAPTAS leads to proteasome-mediated degradation facilitated by binding to a beta tripCP, cp and such regulation prevents then, of course, the YAPTAS from accumulating the nucleus and forming and binding to a family of sequence-specific transcription factors called T-DNA binding proteins, or Ts. Those tend to mediate proliferative And pro-survival genes, like the CTGF, now what's that? That's the connective tissue growth factor associated in transforming growth factor beta, okay? So you've got connective tissue growth factor, CTGF. Then you've got that association with TGF, the transforming growth factor beta. And both of those play a a really important role in the pathophysiology of a lot of fibrotic disorders, like the fibrosis leading towards uh, uh, liver damage, right? Uh, cirrhosis of the liver and ultimately the HCC that's the carcinoma. Now look, what else? Wow. Uh, this T transcription factor complex also controls cryptochrome. We talked about that in the clock genes. Remember that, uh, a gene called burks five, the anchored one, which I'll remind you is the integral membrane protein that binds specifically to lysine 63 linked ubiquitin chains on membrane-bound proteins. And when this anchored, with this domain, this anchor domain binds, it pulls an integral membrane protein and it allows for rapid internalization. Look out signal transduction pathways, right? And there's one more protein that this uh, uh, system, this whole TEED pathway, which is regulated by the yap remember, which is shut down by the MIST proteins. That's the HIPPO pathway. I just went back up the ladder for you. So the axle is one more that's important. That's a receptor tyrosine kinase, and it transduces signals from the extracellular matrix in the cytoplasm. It does so by binding growth factor GAS-6 we talked about, which is thus regulating a lot of physiological processes. Once again, survival, proliferation, migration, and differentiation. There's also ligand binding of the cell surface that induces a dimerization and autophosphorylation of axil. So all those genes are regulated by T, which is regulated by YAPTAS, which is regulated by the HIPPO pathway via the MST phosphorylation. Now, besides T's, YAPTAS also is involved in RUNT-related transcription factors. We talked about these before. Uh, SMAD, for example, we talked about those in the T cells. I'm not going to go into the detail there because I know I've already given you quite uh, an alphabet to consider. Not an alphabet so much as a sequence of letters which come from the alphabet, which is a bit more complicated because it's like using different words, right? Okay, now, paper published, Nature Reviews Rheumatology, volume 13. This was page 389. This was published uh, in 2017, so three years ago. Almost four years ago, because was almost 2021. Wow. Okay, HIPAA signaling pathway, primarily known for its roles in tissue homeostasis. Now, we already talked about this, right? Uh, a critical role for HIPAA. Right now, another critical role, this is what was named. This action drosophila because hippo, you know, large, large animal, right? Organ size regulation. And because of that tumor suppression later on, that was discovered. Actually, there's a lot of evidence that implicates key components of the hippo to T cell development and function. That's why we're talking about it and new paper published again in nature immunology, which we'll get to later uh, revealed that hippo signaling is an important regulator of a reciprocal differentiation. Oh, wait for it. Th 17 cells and T rex because remember those can be interconverted based on swapping out by lowering or increasing those two transcription factors. Okay. Remember that. I, hopefully you're, you're in full recollection of that. That's the foxp three versus the ROAR gamma T. Those are transcription factors respectively for T versus TH 17. Of course they are. So, Of course, that's going to play a predominant, vital role in autoimmune diseases. TH17 high, autoimmune diseases, autoimmune diseases high in aging population. Okay, Treg's the opposite effect, except you get too much Treg, you suppress all of the immune system, including TH upper cells 1 and 2, and then you get spontaneous infections, inflammation, which are also a hallmark of aging. So there you go. So there's, uh, you know, you know what's the transcriptional coactivator TAS, we just went through it, and it's got that WW domain, which allows it for it to be a, a family, a, a member of the family of transcription regulatory proteins one, they're called. And that's a real big deal in Th17 cells. So basically TAS activates Th17 while it inhibits the differentiation of Tregs. Indeed, TAS is required for the differentiation of TH17 cells and inhibits the differentiation of Tregs. So that's really important, right? Because I just told you this is linked up directly with Hippo. TAS expression is substantially enriched in TH17 cells, and expression of the genes encoding TAS are also higher in memory CD4 positive T cells. Remember, those are also high in aging. And that's isolated from patients also with rheumatoid arthritis at even younger ages. Also, the, the Jorgen syndrome, which is an autoimmune disease, and of course, IBD, inflammatory bowel diseases, which we have talked about. Now, conversely, TAS deficiency protects mice. This is a mouse, this I'm going from mouse to human, but this is like a review article here from TH17 cell driven autoimmune diseases. And what are they? The one we talked about a great deal uh, back in September experimental autoimmune encephalomyelitis. And the T cell transfer model of colitis. Okay, those are two that have been studied in mice. Mechanistically, what does TAS do? It promotes TH17 differentiation and function because it, it, it then induces the transcription of a repertoire of genes, which allows TH17 to work. And that includes all those what? <laughs> uh, interleukin 17 uh, cytokines. Right. And 22, remember the out, outlier error. Uh, it does so by, uh, uh, directly binding to and activating the ROR gamma T, uh, which is the master transcriptional member, the, the fate determining regulator of T817 cells. Uh, and it blocks the activity, uh-oh, of FOXP3, which is, of course, is the Treg master transcriptional regulator, okay? And also T, FOXP3 would tend to inhibit ROR gamma T. Thus, that's why you get this interconversion between Tregs and TH17 just by manipulating, I told you, remember, the expression of those two transcription factors. So TAS also impairs Treg cell development though, because it disrupts, this is really interesting to me, the acetylation of FOXP3 by the acetyl transferase, okay? And the acetyl transferase has to be called, happens to be called TIP60 or CAT5 in the old literature. And so basically TAS, targets FOXP3 for proteasomal degradation, right? Isn't that a great double double uh, burst system to regulate those TH17 versus t cells? I think it is. Remember, it's all part of the HIPPO pathway regulation, okay? Now, we're deeply into immune cells. Now, here's a paper published in Advanced Immunology in 2019. Uh, this wasn't the one I was referring to before. I'll get to that one later. 2019, this is volume 144, page 87, Ongoing. This tells us pretty much what we already kind of know with more detail. Hippo signaling of course is pivotal in controlling organ size and maintaining homeostasis. And you see it all the way from Drosophila to mammals. It's important for immune system homeostasis. I hope I convinced you of that from the last detail I told you the last 10 minutes. Unlike canonical MST LATS-YAP signaling, remember that, which of course controls tissue growth during normal development and regeneration studies regarding Hippo signaling in the immune regulation is focusing on the MST 12 and because they're core kinases, of course, of the Hippo signaling, but they cross talk, as we just mentioned with all kinds of other signaling pathways of the immune cells. What were those? Just told you, right? Fox B3. I remember put degradation, all of that. Um, and of course the ROGAMAG activating that, co-activating that in TH17 lineage. All right. So patients bearing a loss of function mutation in MST develop, what would you think? Immunodeficiency syndrome, a complex immunodeficiency syndrome. Isn't that interesting? Now, hippo signaling for innate immunity also has a bit of a history and it is storied. Uh, there are reports that MST kinases are required for phagocytosis. Okay, so it's a positive thing. And efficient clearance of bacteria in those phagocytes. It does so by regulating the MST, by regulating re- uh, reactive oxygen species generation. At the same time, it also senses excessive ROS. So those, M- those miskinases maintain a cellular redox homeostasis, therefore preventing the phagocy- uh, phagocytes themselves from going through senescence and cell death because they modulate the stability of a key antioxidant transcription factor, the Nrf2. Isn't that interesting, right? Always control within control within control. Significantly, MIST1,2 kinases are critical for regulating T cell activation. And you know about the MIST1,2-TAS axis, which regulates that reciprocal differentiation with Tregs and TH17. That essentially modulates when you have it an autoimmune inflammatory response because it alters the interaction between those transcription factors, FOXP3 and mergium So the results will suggest to us that hippo signaling maintains that balance and therefore tolerance and inflammation of adaptive immune. Now, if you have hippo signaling failing in a certain chronological system, hello aging humans, you can understand where all of this is going to go south, which means it's going to go in a direction, uh, if you're on, on the north of the equator, it's going to go down, and when it goes down, when that regulation goes down, you end up with all the morbidities and the diseases associated with aging, okay? So we follow along while we got to this point. We, I got that off a paper published in Advances in Immunology. So remember that interleukin-17 itself is really full of acti- activities. It's associated with the production of interleukin-1-beta, TNF-alpha, those are all pro-inflammatory, and it'll do that in all kinds of different cell types. So interleukin-17D, for example, binds to the interleukin-17D receptor. Um, it also binds, uh, when that receptor is actually on CD4-positive T cells and B cells. That's gonna activate, again, a pro-inflammatory response. Interleukin-17B, also made from TH17 cells, remember, uh, that, that binds to receptors on chondrocytes and in neurons. That's going to go through a, a pathway that involves AP1. Ultimately, going to make interleukin-1-beta, TNF-alpha, as all pro-inflammatory, okay? Let's see how potent interleukin-17 is. Interleukin-17C will also bind to receptors on the macrophage and the keratinocytes. That'll go through a different pathway, but it also involves AP1. Again, it's going to turn on a whole suite of inflammatory genes, interleukin-1-beta, tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin-6, and interferon gamma, again, inflammation, right? Now, interleukin-17A uh, and F producing cells, it's a whole host of them, CD4 positive T cells, CD8 lineage, the gamma delta T lineage, natural killer cells, uh, natural killer l- l- uh, lymphocyte, uh, That uh, the uh, innate-like um, uh, lymphocytes, all of those cell lineages, right, are gonna react with interleukin-17F, again, from TH17, after it's been gone through differentiation because of the raw gamma T, because of that whole T pathway that's regulated, once again, by the YAP-TAS, which is regulated by the MIST. If, if MIST is not working, if it doesn't phosphorylate, you get all this turned on. And of course, what's gonna happen in those cell systems, again, you're gonna get metalloproteinases it's gonna cause a lot of tissue remodeling really bad for uh, oncogenesis, meaning tumor tumor development will increase. But you also got all these pro-inflammatory cytokines, you look six, uh, TNF-alpha, you're gonna get COX-2, that's the two. You're also gonna get uh, G-CSF, uh, granite colony stimulating factor. Um, and so you're well on the way to having an autoimmune etiology from that pathway. Yep. Finally, interleukin-17E. Don't worry, I didn't forget about our friend E. Uh, once again, now this is going to be working in a different cell lineage. Some of them are CD4-positive and IFT cells, but also, importantly, the innate immune cells, mast, eosinophils right, and basophils, and even epithelial cells. So IL-17F is going to bind to its receptors on those cell types. It's going to go through a series of um, uh, phosphorylation cascades, ultimately it's gonna to lead to apoptosis, and it's also gonna to lead to the production of Th2-type cytokines in those cells. What are those? Of course, it's gonna look at 4, 5, and 13. And it's also gonna generate chemokines, which is gonna now I'll go on to transduce the signal even further. So you see all of that coming from the dysregulation of the HIPPO pathway, which is controlling the transcriptional pattern of transcription factors, which will lead from Treg to Th17. All of that gets corrupted as you age. Right? So this is why you have me here to explain all this to you, because I don't know that you'd be finding this all in the literature yourself. Now, let's go back and talk about FOXP3. i talked about it at great length, but I know that, you know, not everybody has this clearly in their mind like I do. So let me go back and talk about it. Foxp3, remember I said it was X chromosome linked, and it's Treg cell lineage determining factor. Key feature: TGF-beta and interleukin 2 actually induce the expression of the Foxp3 in the naive CD4 positive T cells. Remember that. Remember that interleukin 2 binds to Treg receptors, and it, when it does that, it diminishes the residence time and therefore molar concentration of IL2 in circulation. And so that stimulation of T-effector cells, which are also turned on by inleukin-2, becomes attenuated, see? Now, in Tregs, inleukin-2 induces the JAK-stat signaling cascade, and that then, yes, dear friends, will initiate FOXP3 transcription. And you're on your way to making fully active Treg cells. Now, when TGF binds to the TGF-beta receptor, SMAD2-3 is going to undergo a phosphorylation, and it's going to translocate to the nucleus. Remember that this is all stuff we talked about. The phosphorylated SMAD2 binds to conserved enhancer regions. And those, remember, they were called conserved non-coding sequences. Remember, there were were three of them, CNSs 1 through 3. And that's at the FOXP3 locus, which is actually going to contribute to the regulation of the FOXP3 gene expression because it's all going to be binding to the promoter. So each of those conserved non-coding sequences, remember, it contains binding sites for all kinds of transcription factors that are going to further regulate FOXP3. CNS1 is unnecessary for the thymus-derived Treg cell generation. That's unique to this. CNS1, though, is important to the periphery-derived Tregs or PT regs. CNS2 as a FoxP3 binding site, and they, uh, as these all do, and they contribute to T cell, uh, reg cell stability, right? And CNS3, let's see what that. Da, 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 yeah, that increases T-reg cell generation. Okay, so there you are with all those conserved non-coding sequences that are that are all acting prof- um, positively, moving forward, right? The activity of FoxP3. Now as a, as a linear determining factor, of course, b PO- 3 is going to activate now all these Treg signature genes. Okay. So that, remember that's CTLA4, interleukin-2 receptor alpha, the TNF receptor 18, and the ICOS. We talked about all these recently. All those gene products participate in the suppressive function or differentiation of Tregs. Yeah. A mutation and deletion of FOXP3 results in lymphoproliferative diseases, and that can lead to multi-organ lymphocyte infiltration, multi-organ uh, failure, and indeed high morbidity and death. Now, there's a, there's a mouse which has a FOXP3 mutation. It's called the scurfy mouse, and it exhibits a severe autoimmune disorder phenotype. So it's similar to the immune dysregulation in and polyendocrinopathy and enteropathy X-linked syndrome, which in humans, that's the IPEX, okay? So we're gonna stop here because we're almost out of time. Hopefully now you're getting totally inured into what I'm describing at the deep biochemical level. We haven't got down to ground level yet, but we're almost there. Uh, of how the immune system is going to start focusing its attention in a dysregulated way that's gonna help promote the aging process in humans in a very complex networked way that we can discuss by tearing it apart and putting it back together. All of this, of course, linked with those clock genes, uh, not the least of which was the cry gene we just talked about with this whole hippo pathway. All right. So I'm gonna stop here on my sister's birthday, the 16th of November, 2020. Uh, This is Dr. Dan Guerra, coming to you from Authentic Biochemistry Studios, um, saying bye for now.